Welcome to Platinum Ranch, episode 14. I'm Fez Gielen. Right now you're listening to Cloud Passade number 3 by Lubomir Melnik. Lubomir Melnik is a Ukrainian-Canadian pianist and composer who, in the 1970s, developed a piano technique called Continuous Music. According to his website, Continuous Music is, quote, based on the principle of a continuous and unbroken line of sound from the piano. This is created by generating a constant flow of rapid, at times extremely rapid, notes, usually with the pedal sustained non-stop. To accomplish this requires a special technique, one that usually takes years to master. This technique is the very basis of the meditative and metaphysical aspects within the music and the art of the piano." End quote. Using this technique, Melnick has set world records as the fastest piano player in the world sustaining speeds of over 19 and a half notes per second in each hand simultaneously. Beginning as a classical pianist, Lubomir became disenchanted with the scene and was inspired by the minimal music of Terry Riley, by an indigenous music from Bali called Gamelan. I got the opportunity to see Lubomir Melnik perform in Halifax at the Maritime Conservatory of Performing Arts, a fairly small, sunlit room with high ceilings. Witnessing this music live was stunning and transcendent. But before any music was played, Melnik addressed the audience and warned them of a terrible, insidious religion called science. He insisted that there is no truth in science, and that we must lose ourselves in the mystery of sound. Many of the people I spoke to after the show, although they loved the performance, were very turned off by what he had to say. I wanted to hear more from him on this. Oh, I'm so, that makes me so sad. Because it's, instead of thinking like what a beautiful experience, like, like you described, like the music and the light, it's so beautiful. And they, they were probably sitting the whole concert grumbling about what's this idiot complaining about scientists for and everything like you said but but you know Fez like I, I'm really grateful I'm so glad that at least you like it sort of uh, didn't uh, 
you know, jarred to too much so that you could enjoy the experience. But I just, what, why on earth is it so strange? I mean, two and a half thousand years ago, Plato, he was talking to people and he was saying the same thing. But of course, there weren't scientists then and nobody was making these absurd claims. Like nobody was pissed off and mad that he was he was a, a spiritualist or something, you know, because uh, the times now have been so poisoned by this this religion of science that people people actually uh, would kill, I think, uh, to defend science, the, to defend the truth, you know, as, as they think. Uh, and yet science, the scientists have never proved anything. All the stuff that they say is fat. Everything we're telling you, I'm saying it's quoting, everything we're telling you is not like religion where you have to believe. We're not asking you to believe us, the scientists. We're telling you facts. And this is the most horrible lie of all because they don't even ask, they don't give you a chance. No chance at all. You have to believe us because what we're telling you is fact. Four letters, F-A-C-T. Well, actually, it's five letters, but we, we know you can't count. So uh, just believe us. It's a fact. Okay. Uh, and I know I find this reaction everywhere. People get upset and I keep doing it and I keep regretting it. Why did I open my mouth about signage? Everyone is so upset and so mad. Like, you know, it's as though it's it's this holy cow. You know, it's like it's it's sacred. How do you dare question scientists? They're only dealing in facts. Well, I'm telling you, they're not dealing in facts. They never were. They can only describe to you what's here on Earth. It's true. It's not as though science was forever a bunch of baloney. The science was was actually had a sort of realistic foundation. You know, you know, chemicals and minerals and all this sort of stuff. They were dealing with things on Earth. You know. It was when we started to leave outside of our immediate dimension, like this, this earth, and started to go out into this, you know, enormously hyper, uh, unlimited cosmos out there, both out there and, you know, mid micro, the same thing. They're doing it into the micro world. As soon as we start going there, everything went haywire and crazy because there's no, there's no evidence there's just some sort of a, a reading on a machine and when the reading on a machine leads to an absurd statement they don't care that the statement is absurd they stay it anyway
trained classically uh, and, you know, was a reasonably good kind of amateur pianist with classical music. And uh, I was very much moved uh, and carried away by the ambient music. And I found that uh, through, because of my background in that hippie area, era, and area, I guess, it became kind of uh, a beautiful dimension that opened up in, in music. And so I found that I could do that on the piano. I was not really satisfied with with what uh, the ambient music of the area was. Like, uh, Steve Wright was doing the music for many musicians, where each one was doing a little pattern, and all together it was coming to be. So I wanted to do something that was, um, that I, you know, the pianist himself could do. And so it began that way. And then once I started doing it, like making these patterns flow and everything, I discovered that something strange was happening inside my body, something directly related to playing this music. Um, not so much that it was the minimalist music that I was playing. I was playing basically continuous music on the piano. And um, I found that there was a very, very deep energy, a very uh, mysterious thing that was happening inside me and my body and in my mind and my spirit. And it wasn't that one is, is transported into some other realm or something. No, no, you I mean you're, I'm sitting right there at the piano. But my space became different and very big. And that has stayed forever. And uh, when you ask what continuous music is, it's, uh, uh, well, <laughs> continuous music is this, is a transcendent singing of the pianist and the piano together and reaching into both time and space in a mysterious way, which I can't, which, well, which no one can describe. Um, it, it's an enlightenment. It's a, it's a wondrous, miraculous thing. Through that physical experience, I, I show you, when I say physical experience, I think I really have to point out to people that they think that I'm simply playing a piece of music because people are used to the idea that a pianist will play or perform a piece of music. But in continuous music, in a way, you're not playing it. You're not performing it. You, you are, but you're not. There's something more that's happening. Your, your body is creating an act of, of transcendence into the sound, in, into the sort of the miracles of existence. Uh, uh, people might say, oh boy, that's a lot of profundity, and you know, he's just playing the piano. But I'm not. Um, and in a sense, I can prove it to people, because what I do on the piano is physically impossible. There's no pianist in the world, ever, ever, who can play continuous music without actually studying and learning, and learning how to do it, and, you know, becoming part of that... Uh, world you have to acquire, you have to learn the ability. It's, uh, I suppose, uh, one could say, like, uh, you know, uh, these uh, people can walk on hot coals, you know. Well, probably you can't. I know that I cannot, and most people can't, but people do it. 
And the same with continuous music. It's physically impossible to play at those speeds. It's physically impossible for any pianist's fingers to move that fast, or, the, or for the pianist's mind to operate on this many dimensions that my mind is operating at when I'm playing, because you have to operate at these multi-dimensional things, because part of your mind is, is uh, you know, sitting at the piano, part of it is working on this dimension, this, this, this plane that is, that is sitting up in the sky, like, I don't play the piano there. It, it's nowhere. The, the piano keys are sort of sitting in, in a twilight zone. And I'm sort of feeling them. You know, the piano is, is just transported with me. So I, I don't know if that answers your question about what is continuous music. But like I said, it would take days or months. It's probably a never-ending tale. lucid when you play oh extremely extremely in fact like it's hyper it's hyper lucid it's like sort of like having four brains operating at once it's, it's quite wonderful and of course the the body uh, the body is changed uh, just like um, for like the, the body of, of a Tai Chi master is not the same body as the person like walking down the street or the body of a Zen master is not the same uh, your body changes and become it's a very beautiful change I, I think a lot of people if they thought about the speed at which you're playing they would think of arthritis or something but do, do you find that like are your skills deteriorating at all or only only sharpening I don't think so I think the I think continuous music grows and you become stronger it's not like other piano music where you do deteriorate uh, it's this is the wonderful beauty of continuous music and and this for me is the great tragedy of uh, I, I think I'm, I'm a huge failure because uh, one I've not succeeded in, in bringing this music to to the forefront of, of the world you know you know like in, 10 years ago it was subterranean and now it's maybe just a little bit above ground but of course it's not in the mainstream thing and it's not in the classical music world at all and uh, I, I blame myself to, to a large degree for that but nevertheless the great tragedy regardless of what's to blame is that this music uh, this continuous music is a tremendous joy it's a tremendous gift to the human being and I want to give it to other people and I haven't been able to I've, uh, there hasn't been a student uh, who has come who who I can pass this on to uh, like it would take some years of training and work to but um, pe people are starting 
a little bit at the very basic levels, but they don't go very far. They um, they kind of lose interest in it after after a little while. I think of the great joy that it is to play the music, and I wish so much that that I could give this to someone else. And I I don't understand why why I haven't been able to, and why. Why the situation is as it is. Um, like, I, I, I can't make people want to learn. I don't know if they're afraid. It's like sort of voodoo black magic or something that they're dabbing their fingers into and that they'll regret it. I personally don't think so. See that science is a sort of dogma, and it—it's one that has holes. Holes, holes in the dogma. It's—it is nothing but holes. It's not as though, like, 95% of it holds water, and there's a few holes here and there. It's a bloody sieve. Nothing, nothing that they say holds water. Nothing, absolutely nothing. It's all complete fantasy and fairy tale. Uh, and it took me so long to realize that. Let's drop the existence of God right out of the picture. Okay, we're not talking about does God exist, does God not exist. Okay, what I'm talking about is what is in the mind of the scientist, and it seems to me quite obvious that the fundamental driving force of what the scientists Are saying is not the search for the truth. It's the actually, it's the search to prove that God does not exist, and that everything is physically explainable without God. This is what they're trying to do. And、uh, now maybe somebody can do it. I'm not saying I, I don't want to make a speech about God or not God or whatever. All I'm saying is that someone, someone may legitimately prove to me. And show to me that this is, is all physically possible, right? But the scientists have failed miserably. 
people on their own, without my help or without me influencing them or saying or telling them this is how it is, because I really can't, because I don't really know how it is. But looking at what the scientists say, nobody questions it. Yes, we believe them. These people have suits on. They make they make good money at universities. One assumes that they are telling the truth. But what if they're not? Uh, you can see for yourself whether their answer uh, holds water or not. All you have to do is start thinking about what they're describing. Now, about two years ago, on the radio, there was a huge hullabaloo about a uh, you know one of these archaeologists who was jumping eureka eureka I've discovered the uh, mating habits of the dinosaurs. Well, his great discovery, you know, which made the Earth shape, was he had found some scratch marks on a, a plate of stone. Okay, well, holy tamale, like me, it's 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 like. If, if your name was, uh, you know, Joe Black, I would say, wow, Joe Black has six black dogs. How do you know that? Well, his name is Black, and, he's, and his, how many letters in his name? G-O-E-B-L-A. Yeah, six letters, right? There's eight letters. It doesn't matter. Six, six, it's six letters because I'm a professor, and I'm telling you, there's six letters, and it's six, he's got six black dogs. Um, this, this is really the equivalent. like where the data is self-creating its own baloney so that the machines are actually creating information that isn't there. They have to, see, the machines, the people have to understand that this world is, is, a, is a combination of many dimensions. And one of the dimensions is that if the machines exist and they are told to say something, like when you when this when the astronomer plugs the machine in and gets it working, it has to say something. It's the law. It's really the law. It's, it can't give you nothing. This is one of the phenomenons of probably why we're, we're living in this this age of deception of scientific the, the religion of science, with where where no facts exist, just just this belief, and uh, the that the machines have to provide some result. They cannot give nothing. There's these huge leaps of faith that the scientists do, thinking that, okay, the data I have is ridiculous and absurd, but okay, I'll believe it anyway because it's data and the machine cannot lie. But of course the machine can lie. 
Not only can it lie, it does lie. People wonder, why do I say these things? Why, why do I? It's, it's because if you want to know what I do as a pianist, then you have to see a Chinese martial art film. It's called Hero. Now, um, when you watch that, please understand that this is not a fantasy. Watch it and understand that this is reality. This is what these people do. This is what the human mind and the human being can do. And people who, uh, like people who are supreme in their sports or in whatever, are already there. You know, they understand that the body can do all these things, remarkable things. Now, when you see and you perceive that what these these men and women do in this film is beautifully portrayed and very uh, I'm I was completely shocked that this director actually understood he wasn't just making a film he was actually revealing to us something mystical and when you see this these men and women do what they do you must understand this is real and if they can do what this what they can do then what the scientists are telling you cannot be true and what they do what they do on the screen is what i do on the piano and that is that is why i'm saying these things these anti-physical anti-matter things this sort of um, to to accept the world in a more spiritual way uh, and to um, not that people have to become spiritual or religious that's not not what I'm what I'm saying I'm just saying that if you let yourself examine the thing the whole situation coolly and without prejudice you will perceive that the world or at least I have perceived I, I assume that it is not a physical entity 
and uh, you know it's not a thin you know it's not a thin little paper screen you just put your finger through it you know it's it's pretty realistic it's pretty real um, but it doesn't really exist in the material as 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 matter there is no real matter and be, because the reason I mentioned the film and these martial arts masters that it portrays is because these masters penetrate time and space and uh, this is what I do at the piano I can live through so many things during a performance actually like the strangest thing happened uh, uh, like I, the piece Windmills, which I do, which is sort of the deepest metaphysical piece I have so far. Uh, that one physically uh, is so spiritually draining, or not draining, but uh, <laughs> I, I, yeah, I, I, there's no words to describe. All I can say is that after the sound from the piano had penetrated my body to such an extent after a performance of windmills that I was actually able to climb five flights of stairs completely weightless. Do you understand? This this was a phenomenon. I, I was I was I was scared shitless. I didn't know what was going on. I, I didn't because this has never happened and it only happened once and it never happened again. But I was well I mean I wasn't really frightened but I was completely I was actually running up the stairs, five flights of stairs, weightless. My body had no weight at all. And it slowly dissipated, like through, through after about, it took about three or four hours, but it, it finally I, I had weight again. It was remarkable. And um, I mentioned this because this is why I say what I do. Uh, I'm telling you, what I have learned through factual experience and things. When you do continuous music, your perception, your, your time, there's so much your activity in your mind that it's like normal time is not enough. You actually uh, go into different layers of time when you're playing continuous music because uh, there's so much happening. If you understand, like time, like as a as a balloon, you know, like and so like you just have to keep getting more and more blowing because there's more and more air to fill it, even though it's the same time to people. But uh, me in playing it, and so in order to do this, uh, I have to be able to do things that are not normal. So. When I tell you these things, which probably sound not normal, probably stupid and insane, you have to realize that they come from somebody who has gone to places, uh, you know, where people haven't gone. And this is what you learn when you're there.
a scene in Hero, the nameless protagonist stands in a courtyard facing an assassin named Long Sky, who he intends to kill. It's raining. There's an elderly blind musician nearby. Nameless says, Old man, please play one more tune. He drops some coins into a bowl. Nameless and Long Sky stand yards apart on either side of the courtyard, facing each other. The old man begins to play his zither. Nameless narrates. Martial arts and music share the same principles. Both stress attaining a supreme state. Sky and I faced each other for a long time. Neither of us said anything. Neither of us moved. We fought the battle in our minds. Nameless and Long Sky close their eyes. We see the fight in their minds unfold. It's a close fight, with the dominance shifting between the two fighters. Meanwhile, in the so-called physical world, the men stand perfectly still with their eyes still closed. Raindrops fall slowly. The musician continues to play, calmly moving his hands on his instrument. It's unclear how much time is passing. Back in the battle, their weapons strike more urgently, each fighter dodging close swipes. Then, Nameless strikes down Long Sky's weapon with his sword, slamming both against the puddle. The strings on the musician's instrument break. The fighters open their eyes. Time slows down as Long Sky raises his weapon, splashing water into the air. Nameless advances at twice the speed as everything else. Water droplets hang in the air and burst on his face as he soars across the courtyard, plunging his sword into Long Sky's abdomen, removing it, and then cutting his weapon in half before Long Sky even hits the floor.
the I don't feel that uh, what I'm what I've been saying to you is specifically simply a, a, a personal uh, point of view. I think it's very crucial for humanity as a whole to realize the scientists have been lying to them all the time and are lying to them today and that it's time to stop stop you know we're uh, stop sending uh, sending um, uh, space shuttles up to Mars you know like to find out water like uh, it doesn't matter like you don't know how stupid these people are like, it costs so much money uh, to to do this for what even even if they found an answer uh, they, what was the real reason they were going to Mars for uh, if they ever got there I don't know if they ever did they say they did but you know I don't trust them anymore so um, what, what what possible information could you gather there that would be worth that money when that money a drop one percent of that money would save the suffering like real suffering we're talking about everyday suffering of thousands of people from diseases people who suffer pain every day from these diseases and what are these scientists doing like I could understand if if going to Mars was going to they would bring back some miraculous stuff or that they were going to find out some information that would suddenly save the world or you know something you know really huge no it's simply a question was there was there water before on Mars? who gives a shit if there was water on Mars or not I mean it's it's totally unimportant like considering to the day-to-day problems that humanity has right now today which is basically extinction right whether there's bloody water on the Mars or not is nothing it's like somebody driving you know headlong off off a bridge you know where the where the thing the bridge stops and there's like you know a thousand meters down down there and they're driving at 80 kilometers an hour and somebody's showing hey hey you got to stop the car oh no I got to tie my shoelace I had, no I got to look at in my shoelace tied hmm I can't really see let me send a space shuttle down to my foot to see if that and then, you know of course these are the type of idiots and people believe these idiots you you have to question like are these people sane and you, the answer is no and you don't have to believe what they say about matter being you know all these theories string theory uh, you know uh, consonance theory uh, multi dimensions uh, none, uh, none of that matters what matters is we're here on earth and we have to save it you know it's 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 our obligation
everyone I've ever spoken to, I mean, uh, everyone, do not comprehend what I'm saying. And they can because, but they block their logic because of fear. They're afraid that in, in finally throwing off this huge lie of science, that suddenly everything's going to fall apart, that they won't be able to move, they won't be able to eat. There'll be no more ice cream, you know, there'll be no more movies, there'll be no more beautiful vacations or anything. The whole life will fall apart and, you know, you'll just be, you know, <laughs> dissolving into this muttering mush, a piece of mud under the ground. Of course not. Life continues, continues as beautifully as it did, as it was yesterday, and as it was today. It doesn't end just because people realize that the science, everything the scientists say, is all a lie and all wrong. Uh, we don't understand the the theatrics of of our life, you know, the dimensions, like as, as Shakespeare said, uh, our our brief time on the stage, you know, and we come. We come, strut on stage, and speak, say our speech, and we're gone. You know, uh, this this stage upon which we walk is a very serious one. It's very real. There's no need to to dig inside to see, like, you know, like, like peel apart all the layers of the floor to see what's holding it up. Just walk on the floor, live. You know. Be a good human being. Live your life. Love people. Love the animals. Love the earth. Just be a happy person and 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 live. But don't start trying to, you know, dig away, find out how come the how come the earth is not why we are not falling through, you know, the 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 earth in, into into the molten lava below, you know. Don't 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 ask why. Just understand that yes, the rock is bloody solid. Okay, <laughs> you're not going to fall through it. So stop thinking about what's making up the rock and how it came to be here, and 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 just live and uh, start thinking. Like every day uh, is is a beautiful new uh, sort of journey for every human being. You know. Having left the Church of Science, I haven't lost anything. In fact, I, I feel quite, quite enriched and enlivened. The, the colors are better. Everything, the trees look more beautiful. The everything, the flowers, the animals, everything is more precious and more lovely uh, because they're no longer physical. They're just beautiful things. This is how the world is. The animals are here. The ocean is here. The fishes we eat, we breathe. You know, everything we talk. Uh, it's a nice. It's a nice world. But I cannot explain to you how I know, because I myself. I mean, if I knew myself all the, the, the process of how I know this. I will say this as a fact. Um, people may, may believe me or not, but I'm telling you this is true. Before I say it, we have to understand that science, one of the absolute ground principles of science is the endlessness of time. The time, even if the universe collapses, if it all just sort of you know, pulls back in together and just blows up again or, or 
whatever, I don't know. Whatever, no matter what happens to the physical world, time is there and will just be. For the scientists, time is God. It's endless. It's completely uh, without any limits. And so I say to people, I, I, I say to you, that uh, I have seen now and understood that time will end. And time started. And it was, did not start long, like gabillions, gabillions of years ago. It started very recently. And it will end very recently, if one can push it ahead, the, the idea of recent, you know. I'm using it in the wrong grammatical sense, but poetically, I think it fits, you know. We, today, will be in the, in the recent past, uh, when it all ends. And it's not going to end with a big bang. The, uh, the end of time will come with the end of humanity. Time is a, is a structure. It's, it's a gift. It's, it's, it's a gift, but it's also uh, sort of a, a matrix that, that, that upon which we can function. You know, we, we can only function in time, uh, just as all sort of living beings on Earth have their time. And... Uh, but it will all end, you know, when the last human being is gone, or is ends. Everything will end. It's not going to go bang. It will simply go poof. It won't even make a sound. It will just disappear. And all time will end. It won't exist anymore. The ants won't exist. The deer won't exist. The clouds won't be. The earth won't be here. The moon, the sun, the solar system, the galaxies, nothing, nothing will be here. It does be, the reason is because it doesn't exist in the first place. The, the whole universe, all these galaxies that they say are there, all these, all these stars, all these gazillions of stars that they say, they claim to us that are there, all these moons, all these planets, everything, it will just go poof. Thank you for listening to Platinum Ranch, episode 14. Platinum Ranch is created by, produced by, me, Fez Geelan. Thank you, Lubomir Melnik, for speaking with me. If you'd like to hear more of his music or read some of his writings, you can go to lubomir.com, L-U-B-O-M-Y-R. Thank you to Antennas Radio, as always, for having me. iTunes, Stitcher, Acast, SoundCloud, all of these platforms you can find Platinum Ranch on. Am I missing any? Please let me know. If there's a Facebook page for Platinum Ranch, send me a message. If you like the show, would you mind leaving a review in the iTunes store? It helps. Or tell a friend. Tell me. Tell me if you don't like the show. I'd like to bring back the consistency of Platinum Ranch, so I hope you'll be hearing from me next month. By the way, all the music you heard in this episode, except for a few of the snippets at the beginning, was composed and performed by Lubomir Melnik. I'll include a track list um, somewhere on Facebook, SoundCloud. But here's a song by Iris Dement called Let the Mystery Be. Everybody is wondering what and where they all came from. 
Everybody is worrying about where they're gonna go when the whole thing's done. But no one knows for certain, and so it's all the same to me. I think I'll just let the mystery be. Some say once gone, you're gone forever, and some say you're gonna come back. Some say you rest in the arms of the Savior if in sinful ways you lack. Some say that they're coming back in a garden, bunch of carrots and little sweet peas. I think I'll just let the mystery be. Everybody is wondering what and where they all came from. Everybody is worrying about where they're gonna go. the mystery be